What's happening? Welcome to the pre-roll for ELL 190. Getting close to 200, guys. What an exciting time to be alive. Uh, Before we begin this episode, I want to tell you to check out our other podcast, Bravo and Beer, which is me, John Odermatt, and the illustrious Rico breaking down trash-ass reality television in hilarious fashion. No, you don't really need to watch the shows to enjoy it. Trust me, you. I think the majority of our listeners actually enjoy it better without watching. So check that out, Bravo and Beer, anywhere you can find podcasts. And the best part is you can listen to this podcast with your wife, because most of us got sucked into this by a wife, girlfriend, or succubus. Yes, men, this is the place for you to go and drown your sorrows. Not for the kids, though. <laughs> much, much like this program, not for the kiddies. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Baby, welcome to the show. I had to take time out from helping Donald Trump steal all the mailboxes. Does the current conspiracy theory that is running rampant? Yes, welcome to Conspiracy Corner Mailbox Edition with me, your host, Brian McCoy. No, just kidding. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land uh, 190 show notes for today's program, which, by the way, once again, is going to be short. Uh, but those show notes can be found at lionsofliberty.com slash ELL 190. And yeah, whoa, I'm uh, I'm dying. It's like a, it's a heat wave in LA. My central air, finally getting central air comes in on Thursday. We did not know the heat wave was coming. We are apparently a week too late, but uh I am just I'm dying. I'm I'm fucking dying. It's so unbelievably hot and humid and muggy. We're not used to it here in LA. I know you, uh, where I'm from, the East Coasters and the people in the Midwest and the Floridians out there are probably rolling their eyes, but I'm sure you all have AC because you're used to 90 degree heat and 80% humidity. And thus, you have your AC jumping and pumping and aren't forced to deal with a, uh, a hot, humid fan, or as we have ghetto rigged it out in my, uh, in my hallway here, where we have a window unit in the bedroom blasting full got full bore all day. I'm sure using up my, my electric bill is going to be $400 blasting AC into the hallway where it meets a smaller AC coming in from the baby's room. I have put a fan on the floor that blows air upward because if you remember anything from your science classes growing up, of course, cold air goes down. So you need to force that air back up so that it may cascade over you. It it works, to be honest. It works enough that you're not just sitting in a pool of your own sweat and feces. Because who's got the energy to get up when it's this hot and go to the bathroom to take a shit? You just shit where you are. But you're sitting there in just a pool of disgusting otherwise. And this makes it so it's at least somewhat tolerable, at least until about four, five, six, seven, eight. And then it's just like the heat from the ground, the hard-baked clay that is under my house combines with the heat that has now been, uh, you know, storing in the attic all day from the sun beating down on the roof. And then it just gets unbearably hot. And of course I cannot have a, uh, my windows and stuff open while I'm recording in this room. So 
It's just miserable. It's goddamn miserable. And this show is going to be that much shorter for it because I can't take it. I cannot take it. So let's hop into it. You know, I mentioned this, this fucking mailboxes, etc. Mailboxes conspiracy theory that's going around drives me nuts. I, you know, I bitched about this on another show where all these goddamn wokesters on Twitter are whining because, oh, whoa, is the USPS. Never mind the fact that these fuckers haven't used USPS for jack shit other than maybe to receive Amazon packages since they made that deal in the past life. <laughs> in their lives, they've, they've never used it. You know, and it's like, and this is the common thing that it, that drives me so nuts about just anybody complaining about what's going on with the USPS. Because for I'd say at least the better part of a decade, actually two decades. I remember in 2002, there was a report that came out talking about how the USPS was absolutely a money pit. It was every year a fiscal nightmare simply because people are transitioning to e-messages. There's not as many mailers going out. People aren't sending as many correspondences back and forth. They're not sending their bills in. And of course, what what was the, the majority of what was sent out? Advertisements, catalogs, bills. Now, some people might still get some bills mailed to them. I still have some bills mailed to me. But typically, a lot of my bills are paid online through my banking app, through my uh, credit card app, through whatever financial institutions out there that I'm using. My catalog buying, well, I'm not flipping through catalogs. They still send one or two of them around. I see them come in the mail once in a while. I'm sure Victoria's Secret still gets sent out, very popular. But for the most part, you're going on Amazon, you're going online, you're, you're doing your shopping virtually, or you're going to go pop out to a mall. Maybe you're not going to sit at home and flip through a catalog. You're going to instead flip through your phone. You're going to flip through Instagram. You're going to flip through Pinterest or whatever you might be using. So the post office continuously loses money. So they continuously have to raise the rates on postage, which then makes people go, eh, why do I want to spend 40 cents or a dollar you know, to send an envelope? I don't feel like spending $20 on fucking stamps. I'm going to use once a year. So they forgo it. It is in a debt spiral. And the fact that the post office has continued to deliver mail five days a week or six days a week is insane. So now we've got this whole situation wherein we know that the post office is in dire straits during the Obama years, during the Bush years. This is common knowledge, but you can't touch it because of the union, because it's considered you know, there's a lot of these rural states. They'll fight for it. And the senators will go, oh, we have to protect this institution. Yeah, fine. Why don't you keep the USPS if you want to have an official mail for the federal government as inefficient as it might have always been, always been. Cut it down to two days a week, cut it down to three days a week. Focus your efforts on that. I mean, half the time the mail that I get is three pieces and two of those pieces are just general, you know, spam mail, just trash coupons mail that I never use anyway and go straight into my recycling bin. Condense it. Wouldn't that solve a lot of these issues we're having right now? You know, the slowdown, the thing, oh, there's slowdowns in the mail. Yeah, well, I can see what the slowdowns because they're making cuts that need to be made. These, all these things, getting rid of these postal boxes, that's been going on for decades. There's a, there's a picture that was going around. I know Matt, Matt Tiabi is always very good. Uh, he actually just did a write up on this. And again, he's a lefty, but pointing out that this is all bullshit. I saw, again, this recent picture of all these mailboxes that people have been sending around that have been, you know, taken in. It's from the Obama years. It's a, it's just like when they put children in cages 
And they, you know, they said that picture of the of the kids and separated by the fences and these horrible migrant conditions with the kids under the little metal blankets. Yeah, from 2014. <laughs> the media still ran to it. There was nary a retraction made. So you've got this post office where people have been continuously pulling out of boxes because the you know, boxes get beat up, boxes need to be replaced. But in general, you also just probably don't need as many mailboxes because people don't send that much mail. I mean, two years ago, there was maybe two mailboxes I could think of reliably. But for the most part, I knew I would have to go to the post office or I'd have to, you know, if I have an apartment, they're going to come by. I'll stick it out of my apartment mail slot. They'll get it. But for a postal mailbox, how many fucking pieces of mail get put in it? Honestly. And these people are pretending as though it's the end of the world, as though nobody, oh, the voter access, as though nobody can put it in a mail slot to get picked up by their post office delivery man. Or how about this idea? If you're going to institute this massive mail scheme fraud, (laughs) which I'm calling it a fraud right now because there's no way it's not going to be considered fraud by both sides. No matter which side wins, you will hear cries of fraud. And honestly, they're both probably going to be warranted. As I've said before, when you're talking about ballot harvesting, when you're talking about the ease in which uh, these things can be tampered with, Votes can be lost. Votes can be thrown away. I saw a video online, and I have to see if this is broadly true, but of ballots that went out, and they're supposed to be anonymous, but the ballot sent to a Republican has a R on it. It's like, you know, 10-420-R. And the ballot sent to uh, the Democrat, because there's a family of a Republican and a Democrat in the same house. And she goes, oh, yeah, so here's my ballot. Clearly says R on it. Here's his. Clearly says D on it. Seems to be a dead giveaway to me. So if your mailman is so inclined, and there have been specific examples of this where where postal carriers did, in fact, get rid of ballots. So if you know this is possible, why would you think it's not probable? Why would you think that in the world we live in, where people make up accusations against a Supreme Court nominee because they feel that it's the best thing to do because they've got Trump derangement syndrome, so they instead try to ruin a man's life by creating a rape situation out of the clear blue, which has no basis in reality, is completely unprovable, and yet the media runs with anyway. Now, if you think that's the right thing to do, why would you not think that it's a good idea if you're a postal carrier, the majority of whom, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm pretty sure lean Democrat, mostly because of big unions, but also because there are a lot of minority postal deliverers. I mean, I know in California, it's almost 100% from what I've seen. I think, I think I've, I've met one I know one, actually, and he's older. He's probably going to retire soon. Other than that, I've never seen a, a white postal service worker in Los Angeles. And I think that that, that kind of goes into a lot of bigger cities. It's a lot of African-American or blacks, a lot of uh, Latinos, a lot of Asians. Do not see many white people out there. And again, since we know that minorities tend to go more towards the Democratic side of things, you would think that they might have a little bit more of affinity for somebody that's going to vote for Democrat than Republican. Now, this is all conjecture. This is based in zero fact. This is all theory, mind you. Not to be smirch, the good poster working people out there who take uh, the, the cash out of the envelopes that I've been sent over the course of my life for, for birthdays. Don't want to be smirch those people, even though I have direct experience with them stealing money from me. And I've yet to get my tax return, by the way, which I took to a post office, handed to a postal worker who then slapped it with a uh, a set of postage and then sent it on its merry way. 
could just be the backup from the IRS, who, by the way, the IRS is going to be paying interest because they're late getting you your tax return. I think it's, yeah, like $20, but at least it's something. But anyway, so all this fucking hoopla, uh, you know, again, just st- setting it up for the conspiracy talk, setting it up so that no matter what happens in this election, they'll say it was fraud. They've already set the stage because I think the Democrats know that Trump's going to win. So they're setting the stage for the rioting, for the fraud, for the ongoing recount, for all this other bullshit. Now, if Trump doesn't win, the same thing will happen from the right. They'll say that it was fraud because the ballots were were miscounted or thrown away, et cetera, which is why in no way, shape, or form should we have mail voting. It, it just not, not on this grand of a scale. Not on this grand of a scale. All right. Um, I did watch. <laughs> I, I did. Actually, no, I did not watch. I tried to watch some of the Democratic National Convention. My God. It, it was like, it was literally like watching an infomercial. It was like watching Troy McClure host it. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from the Democrat that took Massachusetts. And hey, watch out. That black guy's going to vote Republican. Welcome to the Democratic National Convention. Um, yeah, it was cringy. Cringy, unwatchable shit because it's like this kind of just dreary background, virtual background. When I flipped it on tonight, uh, a little bit earlier before it went to primetime, which is even more ridiculous. The primetime was even more boring somehow than the pre-primetime because I was trying to catch a little Bill Clinton speech, which I did. It was predictably shitty. It was sad there wasn't an audience there to boo him and, and accuse him of being a child rapist, which he certainly seems um, yeah, pretty good chance. Pretty, 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 pretty good chance. And of course, this is on top of his being very credibly accused of rape by Juanita Broderick, uh, whose story totally adds up. She's got women she told directly after it happened. She's got the facial blemishes to show it where he bit her and then hit her. Um, yeah, all adds up. But of course, nobody on the left ever gets to come up. Which is why I was joking, you know, just tweeting this out. But watch this. I was like, this infomercial needs something. Give me the sham wow guy. Get that one-eyed, crinkled-eyed bastard out there. You know, him mix it up. Hey, welcome to the DNC. This is sham wow. Watch me wipe away Joe Biden's dementia. <laughs> what, can, what can it clean? <laughs> And he was slotted in so perfectly in his speaking role because he was arrested for beating up a prostitute. So much as so many men within the Democratic National uh, Convention and so many of their speakers have in common, he also has a history of uh, of beating up women. So great, perfect fit, ShamWow it up. But yeah, it just it was embarrassing to watch, and the fact that they think people would want to watch this is kind of shocking as well. I mean, they're going around. <laughs> to the different people in the different states. And it's just, you know, local lawmakers that suck, you know, I- imbeciles that, you know, God, this one chick, she was like, she had to be goddamn 90 if she was a day. I think she was from Louisiana or, or Florida and just, I mean, embarrassingly inept, I would say. It just, you look at her and you're like, how the fuck do you keep getting elected? It's like Maxine Waters, but not Maxine Waters, like a clone. Like if they had put Maxine Waters avatars all over the, the state, and then, <laughs> then they've got, you know, Democratic Marines piloting them. But I'm watching this just shaking my fucking head. 
And I couldn't believe it because I was like, you know, I watch uh, the the debates, the Democratic debates are going on and they're always trending. You know, it's easy to find a hashtag. I couldn't even find a hashtag. Like I had to type my own hashtag in and then it kind of came up, but it's not trending on Twitter. How can the, you know, Democratic National Convention, anything Democrat seems to pop up immediately on Twitter Twitter, because all the wokesters take to Twitter immediately to express their love or lust or hatred. Nothing. Nothing, not a trend, not even close. And it's streaming live on Twitter. You could click a button to watch it live. Everybody said, no, thank you. No, <laughs> I got better things to do. Um, I did uh, catch a little bit of Michelle Obama's. Her, her speech was you know 20 minutes long. God, Michelle, wrap it up. But I did think it was ridiculous that she had the balls. And I mean that literally after watching some very telling YouTube videos and of course, hearing what uh, ex, well, not ex comedian, she just happened to die, but what Joan Ridger, Rivers had to say about Michelle Obama and uh, and Barack Obama as the first gay couple in the White House, interesting. But I just couldn't believe the gall on on this woman to talk about separating children from their parents and putting them in cages at the border, as if Barack Obama didn't have literally the exact same policy, the exact same cages, the exact same practices put into place. If anything, you could argue that Donald Trump actually did better by them because there was more funding. They were trying to speed up the judicial process to get people processed quicker. We were, they were trying to, um, they were also trying to, you know, DNA test because something like 30 or 40% of the kids coming across are not with their birth parents. So they're being trafficked and you don't know you know, the Democrats pretend to care about sex trafficking and they pretend to care about uh, the woe was the children, but don't want to have them take a little bit of a pause to maybe see if those are really the parents of the children and they're not just being used, brought across the border and then sold into slavery, be it sexually or in some sort of labor capacity. I just ridiculous. And again, not that I'm a fan of Donald Trump or Donald Trump's policies, but you got to point out hypocrisy where hypocrisy exists. So I thought that was hilarious. I also thought that Michelle Obama trying to take a moral high ground was a, was just incredible. You know, it's like she had some sort of line talking about compassionate, you know, how they were compassionate leaders. And I, I just get, I can't help thinking about how many fucking children you bombed, how many children that were American children you killed in illegal practices on your kill list where you're drone bombing people abroad that are American citizens without giving them any right to trial. That didn't seem to phase you. You instituted the war. On, well, I can't say instituted. Began the support for the war in Yemen, which has killed thousands of children over the course of the last few years. And of course, Trump is very much complicit in continuing that hor- horrible genocide. But please, Michelle Obama, don't pretend as though Ma- uh, Michelle and Obama had some sort of moral compass to which Donald Trump doesn't, doesn't hold a candle to. If anything, Donald Trump is the one president I have seen in my lifetime have any sort of conscience when it comes to wantonly murdering people abroad. And that's when we're talking about, you know, when we had these these strikes in Iran where they shot down a drone and Trump's military advisors go to him. Hey, we can't let this go. We got to go attack these people back. We got to go hit a base. We got to blow some shit up. They took down our drone. And Trump goes, well, unmanned drone, right? And they go, yeah, unmanned drone, shot it down. We got to go blow some shit up. And he goes, okay, how many people are we going to get killed? How many civilians do we think are going to die if we strike back? 
And they said, oh, you know, probably 125 civilians. He goes, no, they shot down an unmanned drone. Why am I going to kill 125 people? Now, Trump has killed many other people with many other bombs, to be very clear. But that still is the only example of compassion I've seen, only sign of any sort of moral compass as far as killing innocents that I have ever seen from a president of the United States. So Michelle Obama, shut the fuck up, please. Oh, well, let's not forget that Obama liked to go and raid all these drug uh, producers and small marijuana shops and chuck people in jail as well for that. So, yeah. Ross Albrecht is serving two consecutive life sentences plus 40 years for creating a means for individuals to anonymously make online exchanges using Bitcoin. His actions did not create victims. For nothing more than creating a marketplace, the government locked him up and threw away the keys. Let's get Ross pardoned and get victimless crimes off of the books. Hashtag free Ross. What a perfect tie-in to Obama raiding all sorts of marijuana dispensaries, which by the way, I believe Trump knocked off. I'm uh, 99.9% sure that on the federal level, he said, knock it off. So anyway, bringing attention back to Ross Ulbricht. Now, Ross Ulbricht, of course, is famous for Silk Road, which allowed people to voluntarily transact between each other on an open marketplace. But Ross was thrown under the bus, had all sorts of federal prosecutors coming after him, gave him a essentially what I view as a death sentence in prison for a victimless crime for providing people with a marketplace to exchange goods. This is trying to bring attention and bring funding to the Free Ross Ulbricht movement, which, of course, is backed by a lot of different foundations, including Reason, the Drug Policy Alliance, Cato, Buried Alive Project, Students for Liberty, many more. And, of course, the Lions of Liberty. We're behind it as well. So, guys, listen to this track, share it, play it in your sleep. It helps everything. Hashtag Free Ross. All right. Welcome back to Electric Liberty Land number 190. So coming back in here, let's talk real quick about Portland where, God damn, man. I mean, a guy, this is, this is at, at both times, prime Portland, I guess, in the good way and prime Portland in the worst possible way. So there was a guy who was driving down and a uh, white guy driving down the street in his truck where a bunch of Black Lives Matter protesters in Portland made him crash his truck and then punched and kicked him on like just beat this guy literally within an inch of his life. The video is horrible. You can see him get surrounded up it's like 10 30 PM on Sunday. And these two were trying, or I guess this mob was attacking a woman who was actually a transgender woman beating the shit out of her. So he comes out and tries to help her. So these, they surround his truck, right? As this guy, he's done nothing surround his truck. He tries to drive away. The mob chases him. And then he hits a tree in a building as he's trying to escape this mob, right? And you can hear other people saying, look, the guy didn't do anything. Leave him alone. Nope, the mob doesn't care. The Black Lives Matter mob doesn't fucking care. So he crashes his car. They pull him out of the car, drag him out of the car as he's screaming, trying to get away, trying to get help, and then beat the shit out of him on the ground as he's trying to call his wife. And he gets to the point where he's literally unconscious, lying on the ground. Thank God he's not dead. But he could have very easily been. When you have a mob of people, of fucking scumbags, 
beating the shit out of you who are just enraged. They don't give a shit. Again, these people call themselves protesters. They're not. They're violent fucking monsters. To act like this, this is why I'm telling telling you. Number one, I see a lot of people right now. I'm making this prediction. I think you're going to see a lot of black Americans, a lot of Latinos, a lot of Asians, et cetera, leaving the Democratic Party in droves. Especially in cities like Portland, like Chicago. Of course, Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago is still saying everything. Oh, these are pre- peaceful protests, right? Yeah, bullshit. As the rioting, as the looting, as as people are running their cars into Apple stores. People in these cities. Oh, Baltimore is another good example. <laughs> people in these cities are fed the fuck up. They're fed up with Democratic leadership the way it exists. They are going to leave that party. Now, the question is. Do we have a chance of making them libertarians? Do we have a chance of trying to talk to them about the ways in which democratic leaderships failed, the ways in which Republicans are not going to provide them the answers that they're looking for and talk to them about how economic liberty, freedom of choice, freedom. I mean, really the way in here is probably through talking about entrepreneurship, business promotion and success without government interference and school choice. And also ending the drug war. That's probably the biggest one of all. But if we can actually get through and have people that are messengers in these communities talking about how we can get better schooling, more school choice, more opportunity for your business, less taxation, more opportunity. And again, Second Amendment rights, get your access to guns so you can protect yourself, protect your family, end the drug war so that you don't have to worry about your family being split up or you can reunite your family and not have to worry about people getting you know carted off and having over-policed. I mean, this is a a pretty enticing package, but it's going to take a hell of a lot of work to get there. But regardless, I don't think the Democrats are going to hold on to that, you know, 90% uh, ratio that they had before. And you're seeing Joe Collins that I had on the show here in Hawthorne. I just saw another interesting ad from a woman named Kim Klesik, something like that. Apologize to, to Kim if she's an avid listener. But she's in Baltimore walking through the dilapidated city streets, talking to other black uh, residents in Baltimore about the state of it and calling out the Democrats for destroying a city, having policies that do nothing. So I think you're going to see a lot of people going away. But again, it's not just the basic policies. It's also seeing this defund the police movement. Even black Americans, I think it's like 85% of black Americans polled said, no, we don't want to defund the police. This is fucking ridiculous. You need to have somebody somebody in place to keep law and order, whether that is everybody being armed or that's private security or most people still like the police. Even if you are a black person who's getting over-policed, you still want to have somebody there trying to instill law and order. And these people are hearing defund the police in my neighborhood where crime is rampant, where there's more gun violence, where there's more, uh, you know, maybe open drug dealing on the streets. Again, <laughs> I'm not necessarily against that, but. But I could understand where you'd not want to have people dealing drugs right in front of your kid's school or in the public parks. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there's a lot of gang activity. You still want a police presence there or somebody there that is there to protect and serve, that is going to be there to uh, to keep some sort of semblance of uh, of normalcy going in that community. But you're not seeing that in Portland. You're not seeing that in Chicago. You're not seeing it in Seattle. You're not seeing it in Baltimore. And when you see things like this, just violent mobs beating the living shit out of people and showing their true colors, it's becoming far more apparent that it's going to happen more quickly than Democrats realize. 
and you can throw up as many uh, Kamala Harris's, Kamala Harris's as you want. It's not going to do anything. It's absolutely not going to do anything if you're in these communities and you're seeing the direct effects of how they're running things, how the democratic policies are coming into place, and how the police are acting in regards to these Black Lives Matter mobs. I mean, at this point, the worst thing for the Black Lives Matter movement is these mobs. And you're seeing a steady decline every single week, steady decline in support for Black Lives Matter because of this type of shit. At first, everybody was for it. Everybody was behind George Floyd, uh, even regardless of what his, his personal past might have been, the the visceral reaction to seeing that man killed by police. Everyone was behind it. Now, what people are seeing is this shit. Fucking horrible. All right. Um, so I want to touch on that real quick. I also wanted to uh, touch just real quick on COVID because Sweden right now looking fine, fine and cherry wine. Again, Sweden had very little in the ways of mandated lockdowns. They had some, uh, basically they said, hey, if you're elderly, you might want to self-quarantine. You don't have to wear a mask, but you, you know, we recommend you want to, if you want to wear a mask, you can. They did nothing as far as shutting down the economy. They kept their kids in school. They limited gatherings over 50 people, I believe, in, in, in public spaces. Other than that, nothing. Sweden now is down to zero cases of COVID, zero COVID deaths. They, uh, they have basically had a, a little dip in their economy. Now they're back on track. No problem whatsoever. They do not have a massive caseload. They do not have hospitals that are overrun. People were talking about how Sweden, oh, well, they look at them. It's a hotbed. That was all bullshit. Not true. Especially if you take out 50% of the deaths were in, in uh, old folks' homes, just like in New York, just like anywhere else where there's, there's elderly. Although unlike New York, they didn't force old folks' homes to take people that were COVID positive, like Andrew Cuomo, who, by the way, Andrew Cuomo has a fucking book he just announced coming out in October about his leadership during the pandemic, which is interesting because you'd think if you were going to write a book about your leadership during the pandemic, shouldn't the fucking pandemic be over? Because it certainly makes me question whether or not the pandemic is basically over, except that our fucking state overlords don't want to acknowledge that fact. They don't want to tell us the truth that there is no big spike in fucking deaths going on, that we have actually seen quite a downturn in deaths every single fucking day, that these cases are actually not going up. They're not spiking. They're actually going down every single day. We've hit the peak, come back down. No more need for lockdowns. They don't want to tell you that the masks, even the CDC, their own studies showed that masks do almost fucking nothing, except maybe if you're in a fucking tiny enclosed space, an elevator, a tight hallway, a subway. Otherwise, they do jack to stop viruses from spreading. And even then, I don't even think there's even proof to show that it does stop viruses, even within a tiny space. I think even that is like, yeah, maybe. Why not? What could it hurt? So as we see, like Bill Clinton, half of Bill Clinton's speech tonight for the DNC was about COVID and how Joe Biden, he goes, oh my God, it was so funny. He's talking about Joe Biden as though Joe Biden's going to get in there and Joe Biden gets things done. And tell you about how Trump's response was, oh, first he did nothing, which of course would have been the best response. Do fucking nothing. But he's like, first he did nothing. And then he wouldn't listen to his advisors. And then when he did, he was mad about it. And now, now he's too slow. I and mean, it's like, okay, well, you know, considering the fact that you know, Cuomo did everything he could as fast as he could, locked everything down. He had the most deaths to anybody. 
other than maybe California now, which is four times the fucking size or more of New York. But Bill Clinton's come back. He's like, he's like, the United States has twice as many deaths as Britain. Oh, you mean that tiny island? And then three times, and, and listen, listen, sugar cookie, COVID killed three times as many Americans as Japanese. Oh, you mean that other tiny island? I mean, talk about fucking cherry picking your places of reference. They really do think Americans are stupid. And honestly, when it comes to COVID, they're right. But anyway, he was talking about COVID. And then hilariously, my God, can we, I haven't talked about Biden's campaign speech yet or his, uh, his slogan. Bill Clinton's talking. He's like, he's like, Joe Biden, he, you know, he, he's going to get in there. He's, he's really going to do it. He's a man who uh, he rolls up his sleeves. He's a get back to work president, which if you know anything about what Joe Biden wants, you know, mandated mass, Joe Biden wouldn't would have locked down the country forever and would never consider reopening. The Democrats as a whole have been authoritarian to the point of absolute destruction of our fucking economy and are more than happy to keep everybody locked away, no matter the psychological effects, no matter the domestic domestic abuse, the child abuse that's going on right now, no matter the suicide rates and just the, and imagine, no matter the economic damage done running our fucking dollar value into the ground by printing money and tr- putting trillions upon trillions of dollars to fund this fucking thing. We're supposed to believe that Joe Biden's the get back to work president. Joe Biden doesn't know how to get back to work. Joe Biden doesn't know how to get back to his fucking house. Joe Biden can't remember if he parked in the Goofy lot or the Mickey lot. Joe Biden doesn't even know that he's not a 14-year-old little girl eating cotton candy and riding the Tilt-A-Whirl. Get back to work, fucking president. And then he also goes, he goes, and don't don't forget, Joe is going to build back better. (laughs) How much money... How much testing do they have to do to come up with build back better? It sounds like a the fucking hunchback of Notre Dame talking to his chiropractor. Please build back better. <laughs> fucking Frankenstein's monster. It sounds like a three-year-old fucking being chastised for knocking over his sister's Legos came up with that slogan. Jimmy, what are you going to do? You knocked over a little Sally's uh, Lego castle. What are you going to do with it? I'll, I'll build back better. It is fucking nonsensical, grammatically retarded nonsense. Do they really expect this is going to resonate with anybody other than the absolute woke of the woke, die hard, pissing blue liberal crowd? The average American is going to go, what the fuck does that mean? God, that sounds stupid. I don't want that on a bumper sticker. I don't want that on a T-shirt. Build back better. It's almost like, you know, the, I could see that be getting used in some porno sets. You know, bone back better. They'll cross out the build. Bang back better. There you go. There's the title of your Joe Biden inspired anal porn. Fucking idiotic. But that's not the dumbest thing out there. It's not the stupidest. And I'm going to add this again. It's going to be a very short episode. Let me see if there's anything real quick. Anything else I want to cover here before I... Oh, hold on. Three stupid things. Well, actually, I'll start off with the first. Oh, God, wait a minute. I'm fucking this all up. I got to talk about uh, Kevin Kleinsmith real quick. And the lack of media coverage for the FBI's cover-up here, the FBI's uh, uh, 
you know, adjusting emails to intentionally hide the fact that Carter Page is working for the CIA. So real quick, then I'll get on to the stupidity. Um, unbelievable that the media covers this goddamn Russiagate scandal to the ends of the earth, waste years of our lives to do a special investigation costing $23 million. Now, thank God they're doing this, this secondary investigation, but they found that FBI attorney Kevin Kleinsmith is now going to testify. He has agreed to work with the Department of Justice to expose what he did, how he altered it. He, had, he wrote two different emails, which is smart because he's kind of covering his own ass. Basically, he wrote two different emails, one which was doctored, taking out all CIA references to Carter Page, which, of course, was then provided to the uh, the FISA courts to allow the spine to go forward, to allow them to, to treat Carter Page as though he was a threat to America rather than what you could consider a patriot. I mean, he's fucking working with the CIA to try to report and, and uh, give dirt on the Russians. So he sends two emails, one that includes all the pages and one that doesn't. So that way he's got everybody on the email chain saying, oh yeah, 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 no, take that out. But of course you don't see anybody covering this shit. You don't see the media bending over backwards to say, oh my God, this is crazy. This is literally highlighting how people had to know, very high up people in the FBI had to know that we doctored evidence, we doctored these, these uh, documents to show that Carter Page had nothing to do with the CIA, that he wasn't working on behalf of the United States in order to move forward and surveil Donald Trump. For some reason, my phone just decided to start talking to me, which was very annoying. Um, anyway. There you go. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see how many more people get get it wrapped up in this. I can't wait to see what this guy says when he decides to sit down and talk to the Department of Justice. Very exciting. Um, let's also really quick talk about California's rolling blackouts because I meant to talk about this at the top of the show, but again, everybody's using their fucking heat or their air, air conditioning, right? Everybody's using the power grid more than they usually are because it's hot as fuck here. And Gavin Newsom goes out. And for the first time I've ever heard Gavin Newsom be honest about anything, uh, Gavin Newsom's the governor here, if you don't know who Gavin Newsom is, Gavin Newsom comes out and he goes, well, it's time to sober up about our green energy flaws. Yeah. You mean the exact shit that I've been talking about for years? How you cannot have a reliables-only system, which, by the way, was what Kamala Kamala Harris wants to put through with her justice-centric uh, climate proposal, which wants to go, you know, renewables only by 2040 or some some bullshit number but you can't maybe by 2040 we'd possibly be getting close but to try to push that into play now is ridiculous because what has happened is we had up a little bit more cloud cover ups uh oh the wind wasn't blowing as much ups now your fucking grid fails because renewables cannot provide battery backup power they cannot provide enough energy should the wind stop blowing for a couple of days to keep the system going. So now we have rolling blackouts. You have to have a fossil fuel backbone for your fucking system, period. Good thing Gavin Newsom is finally learning a little bit about reality rather than bullshit, woke nonsense, you know, pie in the sky, unicorns everywhere and uh, gummy bears coming by, twerking on your ass. Okay, last two things, then I'm wrapping this shit up. Got to post it. Then I got to lay in the bedroom and sop sweat off of my fucking body. So Trump pardons Susan B. Anthony. What a fucking wet dog fart of a goddamn pardon. When you've got Edward Snowden sitting there, we're all excited. Trump had thrown out some platitudes to say, oh, you know, he's, he, I think he did a good service. 
And then I'm reading that the GOP, you know, these these fucking war hawks, these these uber patriots that consider any sort of uh, releasing of information to the public, be it on something that Republicans should want to give, you know, privacy of your information. How about that? Maybe you want to keep that, keep the uh, the government out of your fucking private business. Yeah. No, they don't give a crap about that. The ACLU used to care about that. Democrats used to care about that. Now nobody seems to care about it, except libertarians. But he could have pardoned Snowden, which would have been awesome. Accolades all around. Instead, pfft, wet dog fart, Susan B. Anthony. Who cares? It's also a little pandering. It's a little too cute Trump pandering to uh, to women. Oh, it's the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage. I'll pardon her because you know, she was arrested for violating that laws. Okay, fine. Cute. Stupid. Just stupid. Uh, another thing I want to talk about, the dumbest thing I've seen in a long time. And this is even dumber than the, the mandate, I think it was at a Michigan school, that said that they wanted all students to wear masks during sex. Masks during sex. <laughs> it's if having the sex isn't enough. You have to wear a mask during sex, to which, of course, I quipped that rapists were really ahead of the curve on this one. So the Democrats, once again, taking a lot of notes from the rape crowd. But this is even dumber. This is in uh, Wisconsin. The government agency, or actually a Wisconsin government agency, let's see, which one was it? Wisconsin's Department of Natural Resources told its employees that effective August 1st, they have to wear a mask even during teleconferences. Why? What purpose could that possibly fucking have other than to virtue signal to other people in the department who also are being mandated to wear masks? It doesn't make sense when you just break it down. The only reason to do this would be to put out a we're holier than thou fucking press release talking about how woke and how smart and how viral sensitive you are in the fucking stupidest possible way. I mean, my God, you're not showing off to each other wearing your masks. You're in your houses, you're in your dens, you're in whatever room you're in, you're separated by the internet. Do they? Do the people of Wisconsin think that the internet can transmit COVID? Is this, is this, is this matrix? How is this person not, not get fired immediately? How did this get through? I mean, I guess I kind of know it's a government department. It's an agency within the government typically attracting the dregs of society, uh, the dim-witted who simply want a paycheck and a pension. But still, a group of people had to say, this is a good idea. We should force our employees to do this. And by the way, why should the employees not rise up and say, oh, go fuck yourselves? Like, go fuck yourself. This is retarded. There's no practical reason for doing this. Absolutely stunning. Our idiots of the week still waiting on that revamped song, by the way. And then uh, another thing I want to talk about real briefly to wrap the show up, a movie so close to my heart, one of the greatest comedies ever made in the history of comedies, Blazing Saddles from the great Mel Brooks. Just, I mean, one of the sharpest comedies I've ever seen as far as satire goes Featuring a black sheriff, and I'm, and I'm blanking on the name of the black sheriff right now, but featuring a black sheriff who comes into town and deals with racism, with humor, with uh, action, with, you know, a lot, just 
an incredible job highlighting how stupid the concept of racist thoughts are, which is what we want. You know, this is the purpose of satire. And I've been saying this for all these characters that are trying to cancel from shows. You're exposing people's stupidity. You're, absurding, you're, you're exposing the absurdity of ideas by virtue of having, having characters be racist. And the response of the character in you know, responding to that racism, where you can use humor to diffuse the situation while also showcasing a lesson. It doesn't need to be overexplained. It doesn't need to have a three-minute fucking introduction onto it explaining just how bad the racists were and just how good the sheriff is because he's not racist and shame on the white people. They see, you see, guys, the the whiteies here were uh, bigots and uh, their, their concept of black people was not great. Thanks, Professor No Fucking Shit. Talk about ruining a comedy. So HBO Max has tacked on, just like with Gone of the Wind, Gone with the Wind, a three-minute explanation from a black female professor making sure that you don't enjoy the movie anymore. <laughs> I mean, do we really need to be explaining satire? That's the point. You go in, you're surprised by it because it's satire. You don't want to see everything coming. You don't want it fucking explained to you as you go in or it makes it less effective. God damn this stupid bullshit. Mm. Only thing that pisses me off more than this is that they're remaking planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes, with Kevin James and Will Smith. What a world. All right, that's going to wrap it up for me, guys, on this shortened heat stroke show. Ah, you still got 45 minutes, you lucky fucks. Oh, thank God. My AC comes Thursday, and then... Boy, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful time for Brian. All right, guys, thank you for your support. Reminder, you can join and support the Lions of Liberty Pride at our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. And uh, I am working on posting our show. We did a live stream about two and a half hours, the drunkest the Lions have ever gotten, which was a uh, secret drinking rules game created by the people in our Pride where they chose phrases or keywords that we often say and which we had to drink during. I will say I was proper fucked during this. It seemed like every single question was designed to make me drink, but thank God I'm a champion of men who has a liver made of solid iron, but uh, it was a hell of a time. Chris Spangle moderated that. We are libertarians. So big thank to Chris for, uh, for dealing with our drunkenness for two and a half hours, but he had a great time. If you want to see that, you can join the pride again, patreon.com forward slash lines of Liberty as little as five bucks. And, uh, we have the video on our private Facebook page. Now the pride page, although you can join the forum for free, just type in lines of Liberty forum and where you heard about us, but, uh, just an awesome time. So I hope we'll see many, many more of you joining up and, uh, don't forget, share the show. Write us a five-star review. You can include a question, and we will answer that in a, a monthly roundup show with me and Mark and Odie. Uh, if you want to address a concern or question or uh, just a statement about who your favorite lion is, which we all know is me. Of course, we've got our two other shows here. Mark Claire on Mondays with his flagship show. He just had our buddy Jason Stapleton on. Uh, really like that show. And uh, talking about nomadic wealth, which is pretty cool and just diversifying, finding what you're good at and trying to grow out. Because, you know, Jason made an awesome point during this episode on Monday, wherein 
we talk about libertarianism. We talk about how this is supposed to be a, a conversion for people. But a lot of us are not living an aspirational life where we can show people, hey, this is what I'm doing with libertarianism. This is what I'm doing as far as taking control of my own independent destiny, using it and finding a way to, to make my way in the world, to make my fortune in the world. And so talking a little bit more about how that, you know, how that works out with this nomadic wealth system that he's working, working through. Uh, very interesting stuff from a friend. So check that out. And uh, John Odermatt, pff, he's there too on Fridays. <laughs> no, check that out too. Felony Friday. Awesome, awesome show. Actually, I mentioned Juanita Broderick, uh, Bill Clinton's accuser. And uh, as I said, very, very credible rape accuser, a former nurse who just, I mean, a horrible story, but check that episode out too. If you want to hear more about how Bill Clinton is an absolute piece of goddamn shit. All right. Goodbye from me, Brian McWilliams, from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land. Always stay plugged into liberty.